I'm kind of optimistic about this. I really, fingers are crossed. I know it's a big hill that we're going to have to climb to get mandatory air conditioning into long-term care homes. It's not going to happen tomorrow. But Ontario Premier Doug Ford says he is now committed to change existing legislation to mandate air conditioning in long-term care homes. As if you listen to the show yesterday, I was really upset about the fact that there were people sweltering in this heat. Um, just my own story I went to my father-in-law's. He has like a window shaker at his place. And uh, we had dinner there last night cooked for him. Literally, by the time I finished, we finished barbecuing uh, and we were in a kind of a non-air conditioned place in the house. I basically could not eat my dinner. Like, I was, my appetite was completely suppressed and I was feeling sort of nauseous. And I thought, boy, I'm healthy. I'm reasonably fit. I do hot yoga. I'm used to the heat and humidity. It usually doesn't get to me. But if you are someone who is already physically compromised in long-term care and you do not have air conditioning, this must be incredibly oppressive. And I immediately thought of those people. Now, uh, two days ago, Doug Ford said he would look into it. He did look into it and he said they are working to change things. This morning, he was on the morning show. Um, Stafford and Zapria off today. So Peter Sherman was handling duties. Here's what the premier had to say about long-term care homes. We inherited a system that's been broken, as, as one person told me, all the way back to Bill Davis's uh, days. And uh, I take uh, full ownership of what we inherited, and we're going to fix it. We're going to fix it together uh, with the cooperation of the great frontline uh, front workers. And, and also, we have to include these long-term care homes uh, as well to make sure you know, they, they follow the, the regulations that we, we put in place. Yeah, so he is um, destined to make changes. Here's hoping they happen very quickly. Dr. Samir Sinha is Director of Geriatrics at Sinai Health System and the University Health Work Network. You've heard him on the show before, and he's back again. Dr. Sinha, um, welcome to the show. Good to have you on. This must be welcome news for you that the Premier is looking into not only mandating air conditioning in long-term care homes, but fixing other problems. No, it, it is. I mean, because it's been a it's been a long overdue issue that's been ignored. You know, not just by um, just by many uh, so far. So um, this has been a real real challenge, um, and I think now that uh, COVID nineteen means that older people cannot actually. Um, uh, that COVID-19 means that people can't actually physically distance um, as easily um, and actually go into common rooms where they would often be um, organized together, uh, that uh, we need to figure out ways to allow people to have the comfort to be in their own rooms um, and actually not, not, not die of a heat illness. You know, uh, Doug Ford was saying in that clip that, you know, this these problems go all the way back to Bill Davis. And you just mentioned, you know, these problems had long been ignored by politicians how is it that you, you they got away with ignoring problems that existed? Is it because the you know us as a collective whole uh, we're not fighting the same kind of enemy that we are? You know, we're all together concentrating on on getting past COVID nineteen, and it was just it just so happened we're frightened of it, but it was really wreaking havoc on those in long term care homes. 
Yeah, I think it's it's a challenge. I mean, I think that we the heat you know related issue has been something we've known about for decades, um, and partly we 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 made choices. We we fund our long term care system thirty percent less than other comparable countries around the world, and so when you underfund a system compared to a publicly funded system, let's be clear, compared to our publicly funded hospitals, like hospitals have air conditioning, um, you know, nurses actually get benefits in hospitals and have full-time work. We don't offer that in, uh, in, in our long-term care homes. So our long-term care homes, especially the older homes in particular, um, these are outdated facilities. They don't have air conditioning. We weren't even giving people full-time work with benefits, um, much lower wage rates. I mean, when you underfund, underfund the system by 30%, you get poor quality facilities and and you get poor quality care. And I think the key with COVID-19 is that everyone was thinking about how do we keep the virus out? But we knew that this would be an issue. I mean, I was doing media pieces on this earlier in the summer uh, before we started, you know, knowing that this was going to be an issue. Um, and yet it's only until we start talking about it in the media and now all Canadians are aware of how many people have died in these settings. We have to remember that eight, the one in three people um, who's 85 and older in our society lives in one of these settings. Um, 66% of people older than 100 lives in one of these settings. These are the folks in our society who do not do well with heat-related illness um, and don't do well with dehydration. And so we're already expecting that there's going to be an excess number of deaths in our in our homes, almost that they're now experiencing a second wave, not because of COVID per se, but because of heat-related illness and our ability to actually help them get the comfort they need. Okay, let's talk about heat-related illness. Can you get more specific on that and how easy it would be to avoid these illnesses if we mandated air conditioning? Yeah, so the idea is that, you know, our bodies need to, they work really well at a certain temperature. That's why when it's way too cold or it's way too hot, we don't function well as human beings. Like, that's just basic science. The challenge for older people is that as you get older, you have your, your thermostat, if you will, your own internal thermostat experiences a bit of mileage. So it's not as robust. And so sometimes it's harder for an older person to recognize that they're actually dehydrated, that they're actually... Um, um, that they're being um, too negatively affected by the heat. And so sometimes it makes it hard, especially for people living with dementia. And 70% of the people in these homes are living with dementia. So they might start recognizing that, they, that they're thirsty, but then they might forget that they're thirsty. So they don't keep up with their fluids, for example, which is one of the key things you can do. Um, and then it's just everything spirals out of control. That's why we're always talking about um, making sure that everybody has access to air conditioning, and that's why we have cooling centers out in the community. But you can imagine now that in many of these homes, uh, people are being isolated in their rooms. Um, it's hard for them to defend themselves. And, mm-hmm. um, and the, traditionally what the homes did was they would just take everyone out of their rooms, put them all together in the common room that might actually be cooled. Uh, but now we can't do that because then that violates physical distancing measures. So it's, it's, this is where, it's, where everything really comes to a head that we got away with it for so long. But now COVID-19 has just been an added insult where it says we can't put you into a cooler space to cool down. Um, and we're hoping that we're 
that you're telling us you're thirsty, but oh, wait a minute, if you've got dementia, sometimes you can't even tell us that or even recognize that you're dehydrated. So it really, really is just an unfortunate situation that's unfolding. And while the, while the premier, it's great that they're saying we want to end this and take action. Well, they've had two years to take action. The previous government had 15 years to take action and the government before that, right? You know, yeah. we've had years to take action ever since the 60s when we started publicly funding long-term care. Does it shock you um, that when you look into the Long-Term Care Homes Act, that the legislation governs that they set a minimum temperature of 22 degrees, but there is no maximum? This is a problem. And this is actually why in the United States, um, uh, just uh, about a year or two ago, uh, we had these issues where, especially in Florida, they had a, a specific nursing home or assisted living facility where they ended up actually having this challenge where there, there, was no, um, there, was the, the, there wasn't that standard on temperature controls. So they actually passed a law in Florida so that all of these homes actually have to meet that. But that's the only state in the entire U.S. that, that does this. In Canada, boggles my mind that we don't actually have, you know, what's, as you said, there's the minimum temperature, 22 mm-hmm. degrees, but we're not seeing the maximum temperature when we're also prone to heat waves as well. And so one of the things that our National Institute on Aging is working on right now with the Red Cross is guidance saying that heat-related illness, just like extreme cold, these are things that we have to protect vulnerable seniors from. And this is not rocket science. We've all known about this. But again, when we as taxpayers choose to publicly fund, underfund a long-term care system that we all might one day need, you know, then the only people to really to blame are ourselves when we repeatedly elect governments that ignore this issue because not enough people care. But right now with 7,000 people dead in these homes already from COVID alone, and I bet you there's going to be many more dead from heat-related illness as well. And I'm not trying to be shocking here. I'm just being plain and, and being honest here, um, we like. W- when is it enough for us to say let's get this done? And so I'm glad the premier is saying, you know, that he's obviously very bothered by this. But this is something we've known about for years. Okay. So is there anything we can do before changing the act? Like immediately, what can we do? You know, we're trying to. You know, we're trying. You know, some homes are saying, "Oh, well, we forgot to buy the fans." You know, for our people. Oh. I mean, we need to hold homes accountable, and we need to say, "What are you doing?" Right? Like, if you have a home in your neighborhood, what are they doing? Does that home? And sometimes these homes, which again, you know, might say, "Oh, if we buy some fans, it might cut into our profit." For example, or we don't have the money. Well, you know, the government gives money to homes to build themselves up and et cetera. But right now, what can you do immediately if a home needs an air conditioner, if a home needs, you know, fans, you know, call your local home. What can you do? What can we do to support, you know, kind of the elders in those in those settings? Because frankly, you know, that's that's what I'm trying to do is, is figure out what are those immediate actions we can do. And if, if they if they say they're willing to accept donations of fans or whatever, let's do what we can, because this one day could be us. And these are people's grandmothers. There are mothers there are fathers. These these are these are these people are us. Surely there are businesses out there that have uh, access to window shakers that could, you know, do some donating. And we know how far that goes for your business. I mean, when you um, uh, provide these gestures, these grand gestures of goodwill, it always comes back to make you look good in the end. So, I mean, it might be a good selling point. 
I would, I think I will take anything. If people want to be altruistic and just do things silently, good on them. But if someone wants to have a business opportunity or, or get some splashy press, you know, I'm sure you'll have them on the show and celebrate them. But frankly, people did a terrific job donating PPE and helping out where they could. I want people to remember that, again, you know, these are vulnerable people. They need our help. And let's see what we can do to help them out right now because government hasn't acted for many years. I'm glad that there's a promise, but promises can be broken. So, and, and these people can't wait. Today's supposedly the hottest day of the year so far. You know what? Let's, uh, let's get on this now.